48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines. Government pandemic advisor says it is not necessary to force patients with new Omicron subvariants and their close contacts into isolation facilities. Legco passed a motion urging the government to reform the civil service and police in the U.S. city of Tulsa in Oklahoma say four people have been killed in a shooting in a hospital. Government pandemic advisor Ivan Hong says it's not necessary to force patients with new Omicron subvariants and their close contacts into government quarantine facilities. Centre for Health Protection has been taking a stricter approach towards subvariant patients, with those infected being treated at community isolation facilities or hospitals. The University of Hong Kong professor was speaking on RTHK's COVID update programme. The Omicron subvariant, if you look at the profile, basically they are almost they're the same virulence as compared to the other Omicron variants, the Omicron 1 or 2. And that, of course, they are just more immune escape. But the immune escape basically is a reduction of about 20% with regards to the uh, effect to the monoclonal antibody treatment or to the, the vaccine. So overall, I don't think that is going to cause any problem or is going to cause an outbreak. So I think if it's still the same subvariant within the Omicron family, then definitely they should be allowed to be quarantined at home. This view was echoed by Dr. Vijay Krishna Danasekran, an associate professor from the Division of Public Health Laboratory Sciences at the University of Hong Kong School of Public Health. He was speaking on the same program. There's no scientific basis for affecting separate control measures for any of the Omicron subvariants. Effectively, the three subvariants flagged as BA2, 12.1, BA4, and 5 are all similar to BA2 by just one or two mutations. And we've just had a large BA2 wave, so um, the population has really good protection against this variant. The government has said it may have, right? It didn't say like it does have, it has may have. So all this is, I think, is really knee-jerk reaction and very early in response to, you know, just getting worried in terms of what might happen rather than actually if they've carried out the correct measures to protect the most vulnerable. The Legislative Council has passed a motion urging the government to reform the civil service. Lawmaker Connie Lamb said there had been a shortage of anti-epidemic workers while many civil servants were allowed to work from home. Another lawmaker, Kitson Yang, said without a reward and punishment system, some civil servants wouldn't care about the quality of their work. He said there should be a set of key performance indicators to determine pay rises and promotions. Police in the U.S. city of Tulsa in Oklahoma say four people have been killed in a shooting in a hospital. The gunman is also dead. Police have spoken of multiple injuries. Officers went to the hospital following reports of an armed man on the second floor of a building on the medical campus. A deputy police chief, Eric Dalgleish, told reporters the gunman's wound appeared to show that he shot himself. We believe that is self-inflicted. We're certain that's a self-inflicted gunshot wound on his uh, part. Russia has accused the U.S. of risking direct confrontation because of its decision to provide Ukraine with advanced rocket systems, which are superior to the ones Moscow has. The Kremlin spokesman, Dmitry Peskov, also rejected Kyiv's assurance that the weapons would not be used on targets in Russia. He refused to comment on how Moscow would react in such a case. We believe that the United States is purposefully and diligently adding fuel to the fire. The U.S. obviously adheres to the line of fighting against Russia to the last Ukrainian. 
these kinds of arms deliveries do not make the Ukrainian leadership want to resume peace negotiations. Therefore, we treat this, of course, negatively. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said the weapons put Ukraine in the strongest position for possible peace talks. Mr. Blinken discounted Russian warnings about escalation, saying Moscow could stop its aggression at any time. The Ukrainians have given us assurances that uh, they will not use these systems against targets on Russian territory. There is a strong trust bond between Ukraine and the United States, as well as with uh, our allies and partners. A jury in Virginia has found that the actress Amber Heard defamed her ex-husband Johnny Depp after a six-week trial that transfixed America as the two Hollywood stars traded accusations of physical abuse. The jury awarded Johnny Depp $50 million over a 2018 article in which Amber Heard said she represented domestic abuse. Benjamin Chu is one of Johnny Depp's lawyers. Our judicial system is predicated on each person's right to have his or her case heard and we were honored truly honored to assist Mr. Depp in ensuring that his case was fairly considered throughout the trial. We are also most pleased that the trial has resonated for so many people in the public who value truth and justice. Now that the jury has reached its conclusive verdict, it's time to turn the page and look to the future. Thank you all so much, Thank and you. thanks to the jury. Thank you so much. South Korean President Yoon Suk-yul's ruling People Power Party looks set to be victorious in local elections. Tens of millions of South Koreans went to the polls yesterday to elect 17 metropolitan and provincial chiefs, as well as seven members of the National Assembly. The vote seen as an early test is seen as an early test of the president, who took office last month after winning a March election by a margin of just 0.7 percent. Fans of the British monarchy have started to gather in London for the four days of festivities. Dana Werner, who came from the Connecticut in the United States, says she's been to Britain several times to celebrate the royal family. You know, just to celebrate the Queen's 70 years, you know, of being the Queen. And I'm just so excited to, that we're here. And, you know, I hope that there'll be more crowds that will come. And, you know, it's just for the whole pomp and circumstance. We don't have anything like this in the United States. And this is just wonderful. I love Britain. I love its history. I love the monarchy. I mean, there's been uh, 62 monarchs. Only eight have been women. And I think she is one of the best. And I think she'll go down in history as the best Queen ever. British Airways and EasyJet cancelled more than 150 flights to and from the UK on Wednesday as holidaymakers faced further delays going into the extended Queen's Platinum Jubilee Bank holiday amid further recriminations between ministers and the aviation industry over who is to blame for the disruption. RTHK's UK correspondent Peter Anderson said the chaos extended to Europe and was not expected to be over by the summer break. Well, there are great concerns that this is going to continue. The UK sees its uh, main holiday season in July and August coinciding with the longer school holidays here. The government has made it clear that the industry needs to get its act together. But you mentioned people coming from Hong Kong to, to Europe more widely. This is not, unfortunately, just a UK-based problem. We've had reports across Europe. Amsterdam's Schiphol Airport has seen large queues due to shortages of uh, security staff. In Ireland, 
Ireland, Dublin Airport has had staff shortages, which has meant that customers have missed flights. And in France, the Paris Airport Authority has had a breakdown of its own computer system, which meant that flights were dis- uh, delayed both at Charles de Gaulle and all the airports. This isn't a, a uniquely UK problem, and it does seem that these ongoing uh, challenges could be felt across many European countries in the weeks to come. The former head of the infamous Colombian Cali drugs cartel has died in prison in the United States where he was serving a 30-year sentence. Alberto Rodriguez Oriula was 83. With more details, here's the BBC's Nicholas Rocha. The arrest of Gilberto Rodriguez in 1995 marked the beginning of the end of the Cali cartel, which was considered at the time responsible for around 80% of the world's cocaine market. He was extradited to the US in 2004. Mr. Rodriguez used his enormous power and wealth to bribe police officers and judges and was even alleged to have financed many political campaigns. He was also considered to have contributed greatly to the demise of his archenemy, the former leader of the Medellin cartel, Pablo Escobar. Fragile two-month ceasefire between the Yemeni government and Houthi rebels has lapsed without a breakthrough in UN-backed negotiations to extend it. BBC Sebastian Usher reports. A commercial flight took off from a Yemeni capital, Sana'a, heading to Cairo and then back on the last day of the two-month truce. It's the second such route to be reopened for the first time since 2016. After so many years of war, disease and near famine, several such positive moves have been enabled by the truce. But one key provision has not been implemented. The lifting of a years-long siege by Houthi rebels of the country's third biggest city, Tyres. Midland consumer sentiment has fallen to an historic low. China's Consumer Confidence Index slumped to 86.7 in April from 113.2 in March. It's the weakest level since the data was first available in 1991. Drop of 26.5 points from March to April is also the largest on record. Speaking on RTHK's Money Talk programme, Andrew Sullivan of Outset Global was asked whether now was a good time for consumption vouchers, given that COVID lockdowns were being eased. Well, I think it would be, but I don't think the Chinese economy can really afford that. Um, you know, government is spending a huge amount of money on all this testing. Uh, they're spending a huge amount of money on defence. They've, you know, historically woefully under-expended on their hospital system, which is why they had this problem. And, and they still have this huge risk as people move out of, of the, you know, over 100 million people over 60 in, in China not being vaccinated properly. Short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 20,985. That's 313 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $55 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 129.98 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 6 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 7 cents. Sport now, and we start with football and a triumphant evening for Ukraine. And Ukraine have channeled all the emotion was required tonight from the disastrous scenes in their country and they will go to Cardiff for a place at Qatar 2022 and it will finish here at Hamden, Scotland 1, Ukraine 3. Ukraine's football team are one win away from reaching the World Cup. They defeated Scotland 3-1 in a playoff semi-final at Glasgow's Hamden Park and will face Wales in Cardiff on Sunday for a place in Qatar. Or from the BBC's Ian Dennis. Spine-tingling national anthems set the tone on a powerful and poignant night. 
Ukraine's first match since the Russian invasion 98 days ago. This game carried added significance of freedom, peace and hope. Ukraine delivered on their promise to be motivated to win and they were the better side, creating the better chances with Gordon making several fine saves. Yarmolenko with a perfect lob gave them a 33rd minute lead. Yaramchuk's header early in the second half made it two. McGregor reduced the arrears to set up a frantic finish, yet Dovpik with the last kick of the game sealed the victory on an unforgettable night for Ukraine. Scotland's World Cup dreams are over. Ukraine are a step closer to realising theirs. Scotland manager Steve Clark said they couldn't cope with Ukraine's intensity. It's what we expected. I knew they'd be well prepared and they were well prepared. They're a good team. We didn't pass the ball well enough in the first half. And that's also credit to Ukraine, the way they pressed us. We decided to make a change at halftime to try and address that and get another midfield player on the pitch and try and play through the lines. And before we have a chance to play with that system in the second half for two goals down. And from there was a long way back. Jan Anderson's debut as Hong Kong coach ended in defeat last night. The SAR were beaten 2-0 by Malaysia in a friendly in Kuala Lumpur. Hong Kong's next game is on Wednesday when they play Afghanistan to open the third round of Asian Cup qualifying. In tennis, world number one Igor Sviatek is safely through to the French Open semi-finals after beating the 11th seed Jessica Pagula in straight sets. It's the 33rd consecutive match win for Sviatek. The 2020 Roland Garros champion says Grand Slam events like the French Open bring a different kind of pressure. Only, you know, underdogs can feel more free on, on Grand Slams. But on the other hand, I'm also learning how to deal with the pressure and the expectations. And I think I'm doing a good job. So um, when I actually go over the that stage when I'm, you know, learning and when I actually do that job to to get rid of that, then I feel more free. And today, for sure, it was a more solid performance for me and I could be more focused. So um, I felt much more free than on my previous round. The New York Rangers back on in the NHL's Eastern Conference Final for the first time since 2015 have been the two-time defending champions, Tampa Bay Lightning 6-2, to open the best-of-seven series. Philip Chetel scored twice for the Rangers, whose victory on home ice at Madison Square Garden gave them a series lead for the first time in this postseason. And now the weather. It will be mainly cloudy with a few showers, hot with sunny intervals in the afternoon, moderate southwesterly winds. The outlook persistently hot with sunny intervals and a few showers from Toon Festival to Sunday. Heavy showers and squally thunderstorms early next week. Temperatures can be 30 degrees, humidity 71%. To end the news, top stories once again. Government pandemic advisor says it's not necessary to force patients with new Omicron subvariants and their close contacts into isolation facilities. LegCo passes a motion urging the government to reform the civil service and police in the US city of Tulsa in Oklahoma say four people have been killed in a shooting in a hospital. The news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show. We kicked off the show with Los Lobos and La Bamba just to get you going. And I hope you're feeling well. And, you know, I've got a bit of that Friday feeling today for some reason, although it's Thursday. But I hope you're going to have a nice holiday tomorrow. And let me tell you what's on the program today. The coronation of Queen Elizabeth II was on this day on the 2nd of June in 1953. And we celebrate the Dragon Boat Festival here in Hong Kong. While in the UK, they've got a four-day-long weekend in and doing all sorts of interesting things. I'm going to be checking out a few of them. And I'm going to be playing some of the artists that are going to be entertaining the Queen in a big concert this weekend. And then after 2pm, Yuki and Christy are back with Chinwag. This week they talk about how to be comfortable being alone. And after 2.30, artsing round with Andrew Dembina. This week, Andrew speaks to curatorial director Cho Chung and installation artists Baton and Camp and Afa Unfa, all taking part at last week's Art Central Fair. So lots of exciting stuff on the show today. Make sure you stay tuned. We've got some super duper music. Touches thrill me like the rush of the wind, and your 